Podcast, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. And I am uh, Tony. Tony. <laughs> um, we're thinking this is episode 10. Uh, yeah, I'm being all very confused. <laughs> yeah. No, um, this is definitely, I'm definitely Tony, and this is definitely episode 10. <laughs> yeah, so. This is from our um, special banked series. Yep, so recorded the same day as episode 11. So yep. um, given that we're recording in reverse order, we can tell you you're in for a treat next week. That's all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh, and this week, obviously. Yeah. We, we're only assuming this week, though. It could be a really terrible one. That's right. So yeah. just as the old refresh, we're, we're both being on uh, on holiday, yep. taking some time so off. As people listen to this one, it's because you're away. So you're in America right now. Um, yeah, I am, yeah. Yeah. As this one is hitting people's ears, you're traveling around the west coast of America. That's right. All right. Be, uh, How is it? What's it like? In, in Seattle. Are I you enjoying it? I'm going to Seattle on the first part of the trip, so I'm just raining. <laughs> Are you enjoying it? Um, do I like rain? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think I will. Um, let's see what's what. No, uh, I'm not saying will you enjoy it. Since it's oh, happening right now, are you enjoying it? Oh, I don't know. If I say yes and something terrible might happen, <laughs> I might tempt fate. <laughs> All right. I'm going to assume you're enjoying it. I'm Allow sorry. me to assume on your behalf. You're Googling now. Is I'm that why there's the long old, silences um, coming from you? Looking at the old weather forecasts. This is. <laughs> um, what have we got here? So we could actually, if people are listening on the day this comes out live, we could tell them what the weather's doing today based on the long range So forecast. Saturday the 6th of May in Seattle, uh, 21 degrees and uh, some showeries, I think. <laughs> and what about the next day? Uh, it's standbys. Or do we just say, no, bugger it, you didn't listen on the day it came Fine. out. Fine, 21 degrees and showeries, so we'll do that. Okay, cool. So those of you in Seattle, you're welcome. Well, that, then that, that's Celsius, so you have to convert it yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, we're not, it's a shallow dive once again. <laughs> I like this crappy weather site I've gone to. It was the first thing that came up. Via Moro. Like, its symbol for fog is just a grey box that says fog brilliant <laughs> really really trying hard <laughs> fog um, oh, three days of fog wow well, are you even going to be able to land oh it's later it's earlier sorry it's right. earlier um okay. let's give me the forecast for sunday the 23rd of april which is today in seattle fog riveting <laughs> <laughs> and this is like a mysterious fog like that movie the fog um but let's move good. on <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the movie The Fog? You know, Fog. The The Fog. fog. <laughs> the Fog. IMDb. The Fog movie. What's Who's in that? 2005. Isn't there, I think there's like an earlier... There's, there's the original John Carpenter, uh, The yeah, Fog, yeah, yeah. and oh, then there's gotcha. the remake. I've seen the John Carpenter version. Yeah. So um, the remake is 2005. The original is 1980. I've seen the 1981. Yeah, right. And the pirates come into town. It's kind of weird. What? Yeah, they are. It's not the Goonies, is it? No. 
legend says Antonio Bay was built in 1880 with blood money obtained from Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Jumped. <laughs> Did you say blood money? <laughs> <laughs> it's an IMDb but it's like legend says that Antonio Bay was built in 1880 with blood money obtained from dot 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 Jamie Lee Curtis headlines the movie so yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Brilliant>. anyway <laughs> oh god right okay so um, let's jump into a hypothetical and okay. then you've got a story I got a tale and then we'll finish it off with getting you some strange Please do. All right. So, hypothetical is let's assume the world goes to crap and it's at the hands of humans. Okay, so... So far, that's kind of what's so happening far, anyway. So, yeah. Yep. Let's yep. assume that's what happens. Um, who do you think is most likely to ruin the world and how is the first part of this hypothetical? Like, is this, like... Do you mean like in this current reality if it was going to happen where um the world all falls apart at the hands of humans uh north it, korea at the moment okay so um you have the power to take out um is it kim jong-un uh the fat one the fat that fat kim <laughs> well, jong-un thoughts and opinions expressed from Tony himself. Oh, he's a, he's a fat wee dictator. Yeah, but you don't want to cross dictators. <laughs> no, they're bullies. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I'll, I'll go down on that ship with you. <laughs> if they come looking for people who have slagged them off. <laughs> it's just you. And you're like, well, he was on it too. <laughs> yeah, well, you were. Like, All right, okay, yeah. Um, so... You have the power to take out these people and move, uh, this person and move them to a desert island. Okay? Yeah. Uh, rendering them powerless. Once they're gone, the people who follow them change their ways and the situation is resolved. You've effectively saved the world. Right? Right. So that's the leap we have to make is not that someone else will step up and do the same thing. You remove this person from power and it takes away their entire regime. Um, you've saved the world. The, so I liberate North Korea. Essentially, yep. Okay. So the only thing... God, I'm feeling pretty jazzed on myself at the moment. Good, right? That's yeah. why this next next word is but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to live with them on that desert island forever. Oh. You never see, You never make contact with any other humans. Do you do it? Oh, so... So, so we don't know. I mean, North Korea, are, they're a bunch of crazy. They're, they're a bit batshit crazy. So they may never actually amount to anything dangerous. Yep. So we can't, I can't say it's definitely going to happen. <clears throat> yep. So we don't know they're definitely going to do something crazy. I mean, they, he said the other day he's going to nuke Australia. Yeah. I'm going to Australia in like two weeks. So we should just calm down <clears throat> about that. Well, yeah, we well, may not be going there in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. I might be going... Yeah, anyway. Kim Jong-un uh, was named the world's 46th most powerful person. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Behind who? Who's 45th? Or do you not have a list? You I, just got a list. Get... I got the... Uh, where is it? 2016. Oh, it only goes to... The list only goes to 10. <laughs> oh, what? Weird. Oh, here we go. Sorry, sorry. Got it now. Got it now. Uh, 20... Well, Again, only goes to ten, so that's right. <laughs> it's all distracting you while I've spilled a little bit of water on your ironing board. 
Um, he was so in 2013. So in 2013, the list was Vladimir Putin was number oh, yeah. one. Yep. Barack Obama. Yep. Uh, Chinese president, something other. Pope Francis. Oh yeah. Angela Merkel, Bill Gates. Really? Yeah. So the leader of North Korea, is it North Korea? Yeah. Yeah. Is less powerful than Bill Gates. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, define powerful though, right? I know. Yeah. In in um, 2016, um, Mark Zuckerberg got number 10. <laughs> yeah. That's really weird. That's really weird. I, I think we're most to... powerful if you want to start a new blooming company that rips off snapchat or something yeah i'm not sure about this anyway um so there's no so we're not saying he's definitely going to do it he just like he's a bit batshit crazy maybe well in this hypothetical we've said that it goes to crap because of him okay so we definitely know it's going to go to crap because of him yep let's say yes um and i have to live with him on the island yep right okay it's like how big is this island <laughs> I knew you were gonna do this. <laughs> I knew you were gonna I do this. Okay, so remember the island on Castaway? Don't ever watch it. You've never seen Castaway? No. Oh, you'd like it. Give me another one. Um, Quickly. The island on. Let's say you live like it's on Survivor. You have basic bedding, basic rice, oh. basic water. Um, maybe you do reward challenges and immunity challenges but ultimately no one's getting voted off the island <laughs> it's you and him forever forever well, as long as we live yep and you've saved the world so I'm but I'm living in really really you put it this way old... you can no longer pay off your mortgage fine I don't need my bloody mortgage <laughs> god no you're sleeping on um, so we're living we're not this isn't like a, a beach resort this is no way. like living no in way you're like, like a thatch, castaway thatch huts that you've had to build would Kim Jong-un help me? that's that's up to the, your, the dynamic you guys bring to the table he's like a bit of a he's, he's, he's like a bit of a dick I don't know if he would be very helpful <laughs> I'm not going to help him really? no well, what if it was well, a symbiotic relationship? You, but you need to build a thatched hut and you can't lift the beams by yourself. Well, I guess I'd be doing it, but he'd be like, he'd be a bit useless because everyone's always done everything for him. So mm. I would try and get on with him. I mean, mm-hmm. look, we've got to make the best of this. <laughs> it's just us two. But, I mean, is there no way that we could agree to escape? Or I could say, no, right, no you're escape. there forever. You're there forever. But what if he tries to escape? Do I have to try and stop him? No. He just isn't successful. Doesn't die. You just. So he gets you live a, like he, you're he on ma- Survivor. He makes a boat to try and leave. Yep. Right? Yep. What happens? Um, he fails and swims back to shore. And after the, what, 30th attempt of doing this, realizes it's a frugal exercise. Fruitless exercise. <laughs> frugal. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad he he doesn't seem like a very frugal person, so I'm glad he's come to the <laughs> yeah. conclusion to live within it's his a fruitless to, live, to live within his means. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So um I guess it would be kinda of like let's let's make the assumption that just like on Survivor you're gonna have like a well and you're gonna have enough rice to live off just rice. 
but I can win challenges. <laughs> is it Jeff Probst? Jeff like Probst, yeah. Probst, yeah. Is. That he, was just the thing I added as I was reading it out, yeah. but I think that's a good one. <laughs> you can do yeah. challenges. Right, he will come occasionally do challenges. Yep. But let's say they're team challenges, so you both have to work together to get something. Right, so we're not competing against each other. Yeah, because otherwise you just make the assumption that he's not going to I'd win. be all for it, but I think he would need to come a long way. Well, this is the his, thing. You've in got... his development as so a human being. Okay, you're saying that you're all for it. If it meant saving the world, yeah. I'd do it. Wow. Anthony. Oh, wow. Um, oh, is it a tropical island or is it like cold? <laughs> um... It's tropical, but they get storms and things. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. No, I'm just thinking, like, um, if it was, like, really hot all the time, that could be quite miserable. <laughs> okay, let's make the assumption that, yes, it's really hot at the time. Do you uh, mean, do you make it so that the the world ends because <laughs> the island's too really hot? Really hot all the time. <laughs> no, I'd just suck it up and probably get used to it. <laughs> That's you know, the right answer, by the way. And before you said that, I was like, wow, he's really showing some character in this one for a change. And you're like, oh, how hot is the island? I guess I can make a fan. <laughs> you could um, fan him and then he could fan oh, you. But he'd know, he's much bigger than me. So he would, he's a big fatty. So he'd need lots of fanning and I'm not doing that. Okay. But like eventually he'll slim down. Like he won't yeah. be having his crazy cuisine lifestyle of North Korea anymore. Do you think you could light a fire? No. <laughs> that was quick. Yeah. Just no, no hope. No. Do you have any idea of any mm-hmm. ways of building a fire? No. <laughs> could be a cold island then. <laughs> Sheesh. All right. I'd see if Jeff Provost would Pro- reward you with Provost. some flint. Do you yeah. think if, even if he gave you flint, you'd know how to do it? No. <laughs> Is that a no? No. <laughs> All right. So, so I'd he'd ask, have to give you a lighter and some, like, fire lighters yeah, or something. Yeah, I'd ask, I'd ask Jeff if he wouldn't mind doing that. Because <laughs> he could... Yeah. I just love the idea of you and Kim Jong-un like getting your instructions from Jeff Probst about to do a challenge yeah. like for some like um, well, I'd be like Jeff it's, it's, you know, it's getting a bit miserable here for today's reward challenge PB&J sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> and some flint and you're like yeah. uh, gonna have to do better than that <laughs> got any lighters or fire lighters I'd be like don't cut the crusts off the sandwich and give us better lighters yeah. I'll take the crusts yeah, I don't think it works like that you can't bargain with it uh, <clears throat> you're probably right <laughs> okay what if um what do you think would happen if it was kim jong-un and his second in command and you oh who is it so it's three and you're um you're outnumbered so do you think i'd just die <laughs> <laughs> i don't know let's move on this is, this is taking way too long. It's it only going to dig you a hole because you It could be Kim Jong-un's wife, Ri Sol Jung. There you go. He just gives down and getting dirty all the time and I'm left out in the cold. Literally, because I can't light a fire. Let's leave it there. You showed your true colours and said that you had moved to a tropical island with Kim Jong-un for reward challenges. <laughs> Do reward challenges just to save the world. Was it to be televised? No. Oh. No, you've forgotten about. Oh. After all I did for the <laughs> world. from Jeff. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, Jeff knows. He knows how to treat a man. All right. 
Let's move on. <clears throat> so you have a story this week? I do, I do. UFO? No, it's Ooh. not. Season. No, that was that was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> now this isn't. I, I should do a sea serpent one at some point. <laughs> I'm going to find all the sea serpent ones oh. and do them first. I oh, so yeah. Damn. Okay. Um. So this is something way out of left field for me. Cool. Because normally center field is UFOs. <laughs> yep. So left field. So left field this week is. So right field would be sea serpents. Yeah. And left field <laughs> is La Pascalita. The mannequin corpse bride of Mexico. What the? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Dive so, in. Dive. Dive. Shallow dive. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Shallow dive. <laughs> this is that when you jump in the pool and you're like, ow! Oh, shallow end. I jump in the shallow end. Yeah. That's what we do. I remember at um, primary school diving into the school pool and. I don't think it was the shallow end, but it, obviously the deep end wasn't deep enough because I remember smacking my forehead on the... Like, I went straight down. Oh. You know with a dive, you kind of go at like a 30 degree oh. or 45 hey. max into the water? Shit. I went straight down and just smashed my head on the bottom of the pool. Anyway, one of the, I was one of those kids that didn't want to make a scene, so I was just like uh, brushed it off and I was like, nothing happened. Just gonna carry on about my day. Did your face like ever pop out? I think I've got a bleeding nose. Smacked flat. But I used to get bleeding noses all the time. So anyway, enough about me oh, and more flat, about oh the... flat face. <laughs> <laughs> enough about me. Right, so La Pascalita, or Little Pascalita, is a bridal mannequin that has lived in a store window in Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Chihuahua is a Chihuahua every okay. time, Mexico, for over 80 years. Slightly racial overtones, yep. but carry That on. is quite a long time for a bridal gown shop to retain a mannequin. Did you say 80? Yeah. 80 years? 80 years. Older than me, probably older than you as well. Yep. Up. But then the dummy has a rather strange history behind it. According to an urban legend, La Pasculita isn't a dummy at all, but the perfectly preserved corpse of the previous owner's daughter. This, this feels like it would be really easy to debunk. That's what I thought too. <laughs> anyway. For years, the story of La Pasculita has been drawing loads of visitors from all over the world to Chihuahua. Or... <laughs> People smudge their little noses up against the shop window, staring at the dummy, trying to figure out if she was real or not. They're taken in by her mesmerizing gaze and realistic looking features. Most people walk away convinced that she has to be real. Really? What the heck? It's a bit of background to this. So La Pasculita was first installed in the store window on March 25, 1930. Dressed in a spring seasonal bridal gown. One of your favourites, of course. <laughs> Just yeah. read. The effect was instantaneous. People simply could not tear their sight away from this new mannequin with the wide-set glass eyes, real-looking hair, and blushing skin tone. It looked almost human. Soon, the town <laughs> folks realised that the mannequin closely resembled the shop owner at the time, Pascuela Esparaza. It didn't take long for some to come to the conclusion that the dummy was, in fact, the embalmed body of her daughter who had died recently on her wedding day. Whoa. Mm. The grieving owner of the boutique found her daughter dead after being bitten by a black widow spider and was supposedly not willing to let her daughter take her place in the realm of the dead. 
So instead, she had her daughter embalmed and put up at the display window of her store where she could see people walking on by. Do you reckon they still pay her wages? I'd expect she gets paid for this. She's a draw card. A huge draw card. <laughs> huge draw card. So the um, revelation that you've got your dead daughter in the window did not go very well with the locals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started to express their disapproval. Um, yeah. But by the time Pasquale could issue an official statement denying the rumours it was too late and nobody was willing to believe her that it wasn't her daughter. Um, the daughter's name had been lost over time, but La Pasquilita stuck. Over years. time? It's 80 years. Yeah, years. But she was dead 80 years ago and she was born, like, say, 30 years prior to oh, that. Right. So it's all long time. Yeah. Okay. The speculated presence of a corpse is accompanied by supernatural happenings and frequent odd incidents have been reported around the dummy. Interesting. Visitors uh, to the shop claim that on many occasions they find themselves pursued by the mannequin's frightful gaze. Gaze? Gaze. (laughs) And her gaze shifts and follows them around the store. Also, La Pascualita has been known to change positions overnight, even though the shop is locked and under key, and no workers will venture in there at hmm. night. Uh, and this is where it gets a bit weird, a little bit. Well, this is weird, where it gets weird. weird. This is the weirder bit. Up it is said, now, it's it been said fairly normal. A, it is said that a lovesick French magician <laughs> <laughs> would arrive at night and magically bring her to life, taking her out upon the town, kick her heels up, and have fine Mexican cuisine. It's where it gets weirder. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the workers claim that the corpse bride grins subtly when they look at her, and others say she is warm to the touch. One shop employee even claimed that the mannequin's hands got sweaty every time she tried to adjust it. Ooh. Right. So I'll show you these. Um, um, this, so I'll show you some photos in a second. So have a gander at the mannequin's hands when I'll turn my screen around they are some of the best evidence that the mannequin may actually be a real corpse not only do they look exactly human but they also have small depressions and skin wrinkles we get from breeding our fingers and other various hand movements so here's here's having a look now and can confirm they just look like a real corpse's hand that I've seen a corpse's hand that look like a human's hand a real human's hand but very lifeless I think if you look at this one yeah. here with the nail and the wee yeah there's like um, a fingernail and all those little depreciations just behind a knuckle yeah, that look like your real thumb yeah. I mean a sculptor would do it but that's yeah. a really realistic looking thing so, and, and normal... just the colour of it as well where yeah. it kind of feels like it's got you know um, colour inside it if you know what I mean and the extremities are a lot lighter in skin colour because you think of what a normal mannequin would be like with sort of like sticky little fingers with no need to have any sort of texture yeah it would be like a barbie where it's like yeah. there's not four individual fingers it's just one hand. well these are quite clearly quite. it's quite clearly a hand and that but it's quite evident that they look like mm. four fingers and a thumb yeah they're separated out and the kind of they just look like a hand kind of grasp it's quite freaky yeah no wedding ring on though so it was before the ceremony well, she didn't get bride. married yeah she got yeah. bitten before the ceremony yeah mm. i mean maybe that's another thing if it was wearing a wedding ring you'd understand if it was a bridal shop but it's not it's not no ties in so the dummy's outfits are changed twice a week behind closed curtains mm-hmm. Sonia Bursiga a shop worker says 
Uh, every time I go near Pascualita, my hands break out in a sweat. Her hands are very realistic, and, and she even has varicose veins on her legs. I believe she's a real person. Jeez. Now, an account like that coming from a person who has actually <clears throat> changed Dominican's clothes seems very believable, and you know, could Pascualita really be an 85-year-old corpse? Mm. Um, so... Although most Chahua Hua locals <laughs> it's getting worse. and many who see it are convinced that uh, La Pascalita is actually a well-preserved curp- corpse, um, it's argued by medical science that it's not really that easy to preserve human flesh. So there's sort of a bit of an analysis by a funeral director mm-hmm. who's worked to embalm and preserve bodies and that sort of thing. So yep. uh, I'll go through these as some of the, um, the reasons why it could or couldn't. Yep. So embalming. So he says, we've seen Lennon, Chairman Mao, and Mm. other famous corpses last for years upon years. But their bodies have been meticulously cared for by people in the know. Sure, an embalmed body might last a couple of years, but for it to be kept in pristine condition, it would have to be continuously cared for by people with some degree of technical skill. If La Pascalita is a corpse, 85 years is an impossibly long time for it to remain in such good condition. Mm. Climate is number two. A consideration for the longevity of an embalmed corpse is the climate it is in. If it's in a dry, arid environment, it has a longer chance of lasting. For example, the Egyptian mummies. Mm-hmm. La Pascualita is located in Chihuahua, Mexico, <laughs> which lies on the western edge of the Chihuahua Desert, <laughs> and as such has a semi-arid climate. Moisture is the kryptonite of the embalmed corpse. Moisture. What did I say? Moisture. Moisture. <laughs> I guess I also said here, here. The fact can't that, even make out what you're saying. The now. fact that La Pascualita exists in a semi-arid environment does help the argument that it's an embalmed corpse. Mm. The hands. If La Pascualita is a wax mannequin or any other type of mannequin, the hands just seem far too intricate and too detailed. Mm. And it's well outside the realm of what one would expect with a regular mannequin. Is it possible it's just <clears throat> dead hands? That's um, that's another potential bit too, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we will cover in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, the facial features. When you embalm a person hard, thoroughly flush them with strong embalming fluid, the lips and the eyelids will noticeably dry out. They will start to act like a piece of beef jerky and that all the moisture will leave the tissue, leaving it shrunken and wrinkled. If La Pascualita is embalmed, the facial features would probably be noticeably dried out. The face simply looks too supple. Of course, the drying out could be fixed with the right time, a right kind of cosmetology wax. Mm. Um, conclusion: It is doubtful La Pascualita is a corpse, but it simply looks too good to be an 85-year-old embalming job. Mm. Could it be parts of? A corpse, so mm-hmm. the hands could the hands actually be real, and, and you know, could they be a real hands put on to the corpse? And it may not be from the daughter, it could be yep. from any corpse that's yep. been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, so if it is a corpse that is meticulously maintained, it's possible, especially in a semi arid climate, but it is highly unlikely. Uh, and the final comment here is honestly, though, those hands are the mystery, they just look too real. Mm. 
could be a paranormal thing where it's a corpse that just isn't aging. It could be too, yeah, and it could be some sort of... So there's all these types of... Could it be some sort of um, mystical curse where this person has been frozen in uh, time as a, as a bride and left as a stone statue sort of thing? Mm. Um, is this actually just a really, really detailed mannequin because people in 80 years ago actually put a bit of time and attention to stuff and didn't yeah. just mass manufacture things? Yeah, well, that's... A... So this could actually be something quite... Um, that's actually just really quite well well made. Have you um, ever been to like Madame Two Swords? Yes, I have. What are the hands like there? Um, they seem okay, but they mm. don't seem to have the level of detail that I've seen. That these with photos this. have. Yeah, I mean they just they just it looks so freaking real. Mm. Those those hands. Um, but I mean, it could always be something that's been manufactured and made a long time ago. A lot of uh, a kinch, a, a, a care and attention, a, a kinchin. <laughs> I try to combine those words. Yeah. Um, this could also be just a whole marketing stunt ploy thing where people have gone. That's what I was going to say at the start. Do they now sell merchandise with this um, corpse bride? all over it uh, yeah blow up dolls <laughs> oh, <laughs> same <Jesus>. style <laughs> you know what I mean like if they if they they've stumbled across a tourist attraction and are they just keeping this ruse going um, because it is they're selling a, fridge magnets and t-shirts and whatnot I'm sure it's a huge attraction for yeah. the shop to have it um, there yeah. but it seemed that this was here a long time before not long, so the, the daughter dies, then all of a sudden the, the corpse appears that looks exactly like the daughter, um, not long after the wedding, and long mm. after she had died. Um, it could be that um, the mannequin was made in the image of the daughter because the mother was distraught and yep. grieving. Yep. When it comes to the mysterious goings-on, maybe the fact that, you know, that, that because there is spooky things about it, you know, people are spooked about it, they make their minds work into overdrive, and instead of the corpse feeling warm, instead of it moving in the window and that sort of stuff, or feeling mm. that gaze following around, maybe it's just the, I don't know, the Your mind playing tricks mind on you. Mind playing tricks on you, mm. or maybe it is something a bit more spooky, where it is the the daughter frozen in statue from her. Spider-bait. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Any connection with the Tim Burton's Corpse Bride? I don't think so. I couldn't really find anything. I think it's more that the Corpse Bride had created was was um, was in reality. It was out there in the mm. ether, and yep. this has just been now it's the Corpse Bride of Mexico because of Tim Burton's movie. Right. The other thing I was thinking is the locals still shop there for wedding dresses of course they do it's the best place to go <laughs> yeah, it's really odd yeah. is that not weird like yeah just go to that one with the live dummy and <laughs> yeah. I mean, live mannequin well some might or formally live. well think of like the way like the um when you think of mexican people and the way they honor the dead and embrace oh, yeah. the dead. think of day of the dead when yeah. we were in um san francisco the diego old town diego <laughs> oh san diego yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's really about embracing the dead and honouring the dead. So whether mm. that people think it's um, a uh, it's a good thing to do to head there because of that, I yeah. don't know. It's 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 curious. It's definitely not normal. Mm -hmm. um, there's enough going on that's a bit weird and a bit spooky, um, but also a certain percentage says science and reality can't really explain yeah. this to be a real corpse because <clears throat> it, you would just have to maintain it and care for it so much. If it that's was. where normal ventures into paranormal, right? When science can't explain. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's like it's in a real um, 
in a, in a really weird position that mm -hmm. it's like it's been analyzed it's like hey it looks like it's real mm. it can't be real but it could there's enough here where you could <laughs> potentially find some elements of things like, so it could be the hands or it but then you look at the the stories that people have explained around feeling freaked out by this mm -hmm. this particular corpse right yep. one other thing strikes me how did you come across it <laughs> <laughs> just shopping for a wedding dress uh, yeah, I was. I was. I was thinking if I get a wedding dress for cheap, uh, than I can over here, and yeah, oh yeah, that was, the, that was the blow up doll. Um. <laughs> you looked on the um, on the back of the blow up doll packet. It was like yeah, made in Mexico. Made it. Oh, yeah. I wonder where. <laughs> but I was like, ah, oh, this is a bit weird. This is definitely a UFO story. Yeah. I can probably do this one. Yeah. Cool. Oh, nice so, one. Yeah, there we go. That's my first non-UFO one. Well, I still Brown Mountain it's Lights. It's your first non-UFO one. Brown Mountain Lights are on the cusp. Such of it. a UFO. <laughs> so, all right. Shall we? Uh, Do you know what I'm itching for? I'm itching for some strange. <laughs> all right. Um, then let's segue into the segment we call "Get Me Some Strange," where I'll get you some strange. Um, this is where we take the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained. Um, this week I'll flick through it. Tony will say stop. Absolutely, absolutely dying for some strange. <laughs> and I'll stop on the certain page and we'll read what's hopefully a tidbit of a mystery of the unexplained. Okay, so I'm flicking through now. Stop. Jeez, that was quick. Yep. <clears throat> Let me see what... Um, oh god <laughs> what section we're in where have we landed I can see there's some, some interesting stuff here um, it's a, a segment entitled strange things from above ooh right <laughs> okay um, I might actually be able to read a few from this page because there's some very short ones um, this is about fish falling from the sky <laughs> I, I hate fish alright um, a shower of herring fell on a hill above Melfort House in the Lawn District of Argyll, Argyllshire Scotland in 1821 the fish were large and of good quality <laughs> the local people sent some of them to their landlord in Edinburgh the weather was exceedingly boisterous. <laughs> what is this? This is such great language. The prevailing wind in the in this area blows from the lock from Loch Melford towards the toward which the hillside in question faces. Loch Melford is an arm of the sea and one of the few places in this part of Scotland where the herring can be caught by fly fishermen. An indication that they frequently swim near the surface there. Um, that's the end of that one, which is why I'm, I've picked two or three. In 1828, several districts of Persia were reported to be covered to a depth of between seven and eight inches by a fall of material that was enthusiastically eaten by livestock. Oh. So that doesn't even say what it was. Um, if you want to read more about that, read the book called Nature from January 15th, 1891. Sheesh, I doubt that's on Amazon. 
Um, after 10 or 12 days of rain in 1828, a partially dug ditch on land belonging to Joseph Muse of Cambridge, Maryland, was found to contain hundreds of fish from 4 to 7 inches long of the species known as jack perch and sun perch. There had been no water in the ditch prior to the rainfall and there was no connection between the ditch and the nearest river, one mile away, whose level was in any case 10 feet below that of the ditch. Sheesh. So there's three examples of fish falling from the sky. Duh, ugh, really? Oh, did. sorry, two examples of fish and, and one of something else. That was very enthusiastically eaten by <laughs> yeah. livestock. Yeah. There's another one here, I'll, call, I'll go on. Large fish fell from the sky at Faridpur, India in February 19th, 1830. The following eyewitness accounts are from nine depositions made originally in Bengali and translated to English in the December 1833 issue of the Journal of the Asiatic Society of Bengal. I had been doing my work at a meadow when I perceived at the hour of 12 o'clock the sky gather clouds and began to rain slightly. Then a large fish touching my back by its head oh! fell on the ground. Oh, gross! <laughs> Being surprised, I looked about, and behold, a number of fish likewise fell from heaven. They were Sol, Sal, Guzol, Murgol, and Budol, all local species of fish. I took 10 or 11 fish and saw many other people take many others. On Friday at 12 o'clock in the middle of... Oh, sorry, 12 o'clock in the month of Falgon... <laughs> I'm not familiar with that month on my calendar. I reckon that's August. When I was at work... Falgon... <laughs> When I was at work in a field, I perceived the sky darkened by clouds, began to rain a little, and a large fish fell from the sky. I was confounded at the sight and soon entered my small cottage where I had there, which I had there. But I came out again as soon as the rain had ceased and found every part of my hut scattered with fish. They were Boduli, Murgul, and Nochi, amounted to 25 in number. That's really odd. They all happened around that, like, 18 early 1800s and I don't think I've heard of any since I've heard like tales in the past of like it raining fish really yeah I don't know uh, it seems recent. I mean maybe we can do a bit of offline digging to see when how on earth does that happen I think it like gets it, it's like some sort of like updraft or something like that it swoops the water up they will get they get shot up into the sky and they get they get plumbed down somewhere it's like like an updraft like like tornado a water spout or something like that yeah right weird yeah it's got to have some force behind it to not only have not only have um, enough force to pick them up but enough to keep them there and hurtle them across you know like some of these were miles away from the nearest body of water so one hypothesis is that tornadic water spouts sometimes pick up creatures such as fish or frogs and carry them for several miles hmm crazy yeah all right pretty spot on with that wasn't i yeah you were yep i'm just so paranoid that one day it will rain fish i'm trying to avoid it all possible (laughs) need a fish umbrella like if i go onto like the met service page and it's like fine day chance of raining fish in the afternoon i'm not going out that day (laughs) and you'll leave work from home yep stay in (laughs) all right um calling off the family picnic (laughs) should we wrap it up I think so. That was um, a good episode uh, number 10. Yeah. 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 10-ish. If yeah. it's not 10. Um, Close-ish. Yep. Yeah, somewhere around 10. 
Um, slightly shorter episode, but um, that's because we're actually on holiday, so you're lucky you get anything. That's right, yeah. <laughs> that's um, from our In the Bank series. Yep, from the In the Bank series. In the Bank. Cool. Well, um, anything else to report? Nothing? Um, I think I have very little left to say. On that note, catch you next week. Toodaloo.